Now, it doesn't half um, make your thoughts quite cute when the visiting preacher at half nine last night says, I can't make it tomorrow morning. Um, your mind goes a million places of what can we do. You pray that the snow falls so badly that we can't about it at all. Um, but clearly my prayers are not strong enough for me. But what is grace? Well, we just have that slide up that I did send you. So uh, we've been looking, for those who know, in, the, in January and February, we're looking at the Book of Acts. And in this month, we've been looking at Acts of Love, Acts of, remember what last week was? Peace. Um, today, we're looking at Acts of Grace. Grace is one of those churchy words, one of those words where we've got to go, what does it actually mean? Well, if you go to the dictionary, it means an honour bestowed. An honour bestowed. Well, our writer Paul says today, by the grace of God, by the very honour that God has bestowed something on that is grace. Something we don't deserve. Something that we cannot earn. You know, Christianity is a very unique religion in that sense. It is not by acts that we are saved. It is not by any other reason apart from the grace of God. And what does that mean to show grace to one another? Sworn in is a classic example. Mike South has turned up not in a green Irish shirt this morning. Show me tempted. Yeah, I know Showing grace. Showing grace to one another. Putting the other first. Receiving something we don't think we deserve. And yet God says, yes, I But I think my own life. This last week, um, I celebrated, you commiserated five years of me being here. Uh, 16th of March when I was inducted. I did say to the leadership team last week, do you think it's time for me to move on? I'm afraid they said no. So um, if you've got issues, please speak to one of the leadership team. Uh, well, some of them said no, some of them kept quiet. So, uh, <laughs> but I think of the grace that God has given me to serve as minister here. Uh, because it's a privilege. It's a privilege of being able to seek God. There are moments it's frustrating, having to write GDPR policies and all those kind of things. But it's been a privilege to be able to have time to minister to you, to see what God is doing in this world. And this last week was also a difficult week in some ways. It started with Mother's Day. Most of you will know that my mum has, has late stages dementia. And it was also the anniversary of my dad's death last week. And you think, by the grace of God, here I am with my family. Uh, we show love to one another. And, and it was in that moment that you think, all the things I've lost, and yet all the things that I have, by the grace of God, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. But what does it mean to be by the grace of God, to live by the grace of God? Now, as I was thinking this week as I was studying and preparing for this sermon, what it means living in resurrection hope. It means knowing that nothing we've done can deserve what God has done for us. 
But we live in the hope that Jesus Christ is risen. And that Jesus Christ has gone to his Father in heaven, has prepared a place. We have hope. A hope that we don't haven't earned. A hope that actually, if we're honest, we don't think we deserve. But it's a hope beyond all hope. A love beyond all love. Again, you might think I've got a bit barbie choosing the reading was today. Because actually this is post-resurrection and we haven't even got to Easter yet if you're in your liturgical calendars. The reason is we have to realise when we think of grace and deserve, when we read Paul writing to the church in Corinth, Paul was writing not to a church who had got everything sewn up, that was living a life of, of, of wonderful Christian witness. There was one in the church who married his stepmother. There was debauchery going on within the life of the church. There was a pride because they couldn't care less what was happening. And Paul is writing to these people and saying, even you, by the grace of God, not because of what you have done, certainly not because of what you have done, but by the very grace of God, can know God's love and God's peace. It is these, to these people that Paul writes and models and shows God's grace. So if you're sat there thinking, I don't deserve God, just think of the church in Corinth. I know most of you haven't married your own stepmother. I know most of you aren't involved in debauchery. Um, but I know lots of us, including me, do things wrong all the time. And even, Paul says, and even to you who do wrong all the time, God shows his grace. And honour they don't deserve. And yet, we have this resurrection hope. A future But we also have the hope of the resurrection now. In relationship with God. Jesus Christ came to bridge that relationship between us and God. Why? Because we deserve it? No. Because by the grace of God. And it means now that we have the privilege, the grace, the right to come before the Father God's self and be in relationship. That's why I'm That's huge. The creator of the universe. This last week we've lost Stephen Hawking, haven't we? He died. You know, there is a man who showed us so much about God's creation. Himself, certainly would call himself a Christian, but we're talking of the potential of maybe there being a higher power. The wonder and creator of the universe has said to you and me, what a relationship. Why? Because of the very grace that I want to show. There's a video that I want to show you. Um, just to try and understand this whole idea of grace. And after this video, I'm going to try and ground it. What does this mean for us? I'm left completely clueless as to what grace actually is. 
I just know it when I see it. And I know it when I experience it. Because frankly, I've needed a lot of it in my life. So I guess I'm not an expert. Just I have a lot of practice. But even with all the years of messing up and eating what Christians call God's grace, I'm still left struggling with the most basic of questions. What is grace? You see, I think way too often we in the church overcomplicate something that in its purest form could not be more simple. You see, grace is gained righteousness at Christ's expense. Meaning that with Jesus' death on the cross, he purchased for us a right relationship with God that we could not earn for ourselves. Because grace is received and can't be earned. And once this gift is realized, it adequately covers everything, meaning every debt is canceled, every single sin, past, present, and future. So get ready and come expectantly, because grace is a growing revolution and carnal execution, meaning that as we leave the flesh behind and as we die more and more to ourselves, we are stepping into a movement that continues to change the world by giving redemption and communion to everyone. God is granting rest after condemnation ends because a gap has been realized and connected entirely. A bridge has been built, the battle has been won, and God reigns and Christ is exalted. So simply put, grace is proof that God really always can. Show grace. 
How do we show grace to those who cause us trouble? How do we show that idea that we're giving them something they don't deserve? How do we show grace to those, I'm not talking about individuals now, but maybe society that tries to tear us down? That tries to say the church is irrelevant, the church has nothing to offer. Christianity is a dead faith. How do we show grace to those people? How do we show grace to staunch atheists like Richard Dawkins? Who even within the atheist community is you know, a little bit of a, 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 a clan, shall I say. But how do we show grace to those people? Say, yes, we hear what you say, but we believe God has something huge to offer. How do we show grace to those people in our lives who want to make life difficult? How do we show them God's love that says, I'm going to give you something that you do not deserve? How do we show that day to day, moment to moment? In our businesses, or in people, places we work, with the customers. I always used to say when I used to work PC World, it would be a great place to work if it wasn't for the customers. <laughs> and I'm sure Paul's nodding his head. I'm sure there are people out there whose work is like that. It would be great if there were customers. But how do we show grace to those difficult customers? I remember my, um, this, my very, very last day at DC World, before I was going off the train. I think my manager was surprised. I had genuinely the last customer I was about to serve ever in my six or seven years of working there. was the rudest customer I've probably ever encountered. But I showed them grace. And I showed them that actually, even in their rudeness, I would serve them to the best of my ability. My manager turned around to me and said, Tim, so I'm going to say something. Why on earth didn't you just tell them where to go? Um, because he said, it's your last day. I can't do anything about it. You're about to go. You could have just told them exactly what you thought. But I wanted to show grace. I perhaps didn't know it at the time. I was probably a little bit too scared to say what I really <laughs> But even in those situations where we want to tell people exactly what we how do we show God? How do we show God's grace knowing about the resurrection hope? How do we show people that there is a hope beyond all hope? And as I said with the acts of love as we spoke a couple of weeks ago, it's all well saying God loves you. It's all well saying uh, there's a hope beyond all hope. You can imagine God saying, what does that mean? What does it mean? Does it mean you just live life now and then it's okay that you are out we need to show the world that we can live in confidence and in hope that God has a bigger plan. That all that we see around us is not the be-all and end-all of what God is doing in God's creation. How can we show the world out there that having a relationship with God is an amazing privilege? We were talking about his breakfast yesterday. In the Ten Commandments, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. What he was saying is, Christianity, the rule, is not about oppressing and pushing down and saying, what can you, can't, what can you and can't you do? But it's about saying, here's the rules to live by now, live in community with one another. See what that looks like. What does it mean to live when you don't murder one another? What does it mean to live when you don't become envious of one another? What does that look like? How do we show the world? That a relationship with God is freedom. It's an amazing freedom. The difficulty is that 
when we talk of resurrection hope, when we talk of relationship with God, nine times out of ten, we're doing it in this moment where no one else can see it. What does it mean to live those things out in our community? What does it mean to be people who have acts of grace as part of their own DNA? In a moment, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I apologise to them. But don't panic, don't worry. For those who want to do it, fine. For those who don't, fine. They're different ways. But first of all, I'm just going to invite Paul. As part of our way we do things now, we're going to look at how we respond to what God's saying corporately to church, and then there's going to be time to give individual responses as well. And that's what I'm going to do a little bit differently. You can stay sat doing what you normally do, that's fine. But I'll explain more in a minute. Paul's going to come and just say, Few things of how maybe we can respond corporately.